0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the lines.com coming to you from the West Coast Josh Lander joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. We've got Monday's NBA slate here for you just a little 4 gamer. On Monday here, after a bunch of games on Sunday, we are not necessarily in love with sides or totals in this one, but we've got plenty of bets here in our Best Bets video, and we have a play of props up for you as well. So continue to follow along, like, and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com, use the great odds finder tool that we have up there. Make sure you're getting the best uh, odds available to you from all these books giving us bets this season. Quick run through of Friday after a really, really solid week last week where we were blazing hot on Wednesday and Thursday after we came back from that Tuesday break. Now we are 69 and 53 on the season, up 16.1 units. Those best bets continue to drive us as we've got 11.15 units up that were there on the on the best bet. Still play a props up about five units as well. So feeling pretty good as we move into Monday slate here. Nate, let's uh, kick it off with your first best bet
1: yeah i mean this monday slate it seems like the nba is trying to work into the and the in-season tournament returning tomorrow because they they did not give you a lot of great matchups here full disclosure yeah if you're playing a side pretty much straight up or, or spread you're it's it's the knicks plus eight which me and josh both agree on and, and that's his first best bet um otherwise i feel like you got to nine now yeah you got to you got to tinker around a little bit and I my first pick here is the Bucks, you know, we've been fading the Bucks, Mavs, Clippers, I mean, I, excuse me, Clippers, Lakers uh <coughs> with profit the last couple weeks, but I'm going to turn around here on that. Uh I'm going to take the Bucks with Dame Lillard coming back to win Chicago on a back-to-back here. Bucks win, Bucks score at least 115, Dame and Giannis both 20 points, um gets you plus 150. Um and I I mean I think you can go higher to twenty five each if Alex Caruso is ruled out here that is a huge difference for the Bulls defense Patrick Williams is a little banged up I don't think they've had he's had much success containing Giannis either and basically I mean it's just like Giannis has been on a heater completely completely alone in, in the last couple of games here like and, and now he gets some help finally um, and the Bucks they're they're more secure. You know, it's like the Suns in the playoffs last year, where it's just Book and, and Durant combining for maybe 70% usage. That's exactly what we've seen from from these guys. It, they haven't really worked off each other as well as you'd hope so far. But in the last game, the last half game they played together, Giannis had 38% usage. Dame wound up with 40% usage and when Giannis was ejected. So, I, I mean, they're both over 31% in their last few games here. Some Some of that playing together. They both averaged north of 30 points per game against Chicago in their last five or eight matchups. And and the Bucks are playing faster at home, four and one straight up at home, one oh two pace versus ninety-nine, averaging one sixteen. So the one fourteen and a half might be a little scary when you think about a Bulls defense that's can be good if they have Caruso. Again, Kobe White, massive downgrade defensively versus Alex Caruso. Um, and the Bulls have gone over in four straight. Here they they just did give up uh 109 to a to a Pistons offense that is not particularly good. The last couple matchups with with the Bucks have been skewed because Giannis actually missed both of them. Uh DDR missed one. Uh otherwise they've been a little bit better of a of a high scoring affair. But I, I was looking at the over in general for this game because the Bucks defense is still just vulnerable. Jake Crowder's out. Um but I think the best way to play it is to back the Bucks' offense and count on those two guys, Dame and Giannis, having like a 35% usage rate so that they get their points. Even if Caruso's in, I trust Dame to get 20.
0: It's it's a situation for sure. Um, like our guy, Simon, who we won't talk about too much. You got to play the number. And uh, I think the number of, of in terms of the, the team total is a good spot because of the fact that the Bulls play over – like you said, on the road, a bunch more the, the wins is the only part that scares me. Is that weird to say that like the straight, I mean, at home, I understand that they should win. I'm just so scared of this team. I I think if it was on the road, then I would challenge you on the win. but you know, coming at home, like you said, with, with a full squad at full strength, it's just, it's almost like when Giannis is the only option, then the identity is clear and they're still searching for the identity that they have when they're full, you know, whether they're at full strength. Either way, like one of these two dudes has been able to carry them over this number pretty consistently to the point that you made. So I, I think they're still going to be good, especially if, if Middleton is able to uh, to give them anything at this point, which he's had a slow start. But obviously, as he gets healthier, that's going to be better for him. So let's talk about the one side that we really feel somewhat comfortable with. We got it at nine now for the Knicks against the Celtics at Boston. And I mean, you got to take the Knicks here. It's, it's, a, it's a huge number, and it's based on the fact that the Celtics wipe the floor with teams when they're at home. Maybe people think the Knicks on a back-to-back is going to be detrimental to them as well. But I would just point you to the box score of that game against the Hornets where all of their starters played no more than like 28 minutes, Uh, Brunson and Randall included, even quickly coming off the bench, still getting less than 30 minutes. They didn't need anybody midway into the third quarter. And that's why all their guys were able to sit looking ahead for this game against a division foe that they always gear up for. Uh, You look at the way that they played them last year, they won three of four. That includes both of the games that were in Boston. One of those, they were missing Jalen Brunson. Boston was missing Jalen Brown in the other one, but it was still pretty evenly matched in that one. Both games they won, you know, two point win, three point win. And there's some consistency there. There's points more so on the road for sure. The Knicks play, or were much more willing to play at a bit of a faster pace in, in the games that they played with Boston, at least one of them, especially. The, the other three were a little bit slower, but the offenses actually were clicking at, in Boston much more so than in New York as well. And this season, the Knicks come in playing a little bit more like Tom Thibodeau ball of the past, I would say. Towards the end of last season, definitely started to play with pace, a bit more space, a lot more transition hoop with Josh Hart out there to help get rebounds and, and start a fast break as, long, as well as Jay Randall and, and a couple other guys that that they have able to do that, like Quentin Grimes. This year, it's a lot less of that. I mean, they're back to the, the games averaging 109 to 103. They have the number two defensive rating in the league. Jay Randall, I know it seems like he's not bought in on defense, but he's the other reason besides Mitch Robb that like they're not giving up anything. Not even just in the paint, like they're not giving up floaters. They're not giving up the the five to seven feet foot shot either, uh, as well as as everything around the rim and, and obviously avoiding layups and dunks and not even really fouling too much, uh, sending the other team to the line. They're pretty much in the middle of the league there as well. So all of that d is is a result of more than just Mitchell Robinson being as good as he is right now. I think the thing that I look at dating back to last year and then what you can use coming into this season, including the first game of the season where they played each other. And it was a, a slob to a degree at like 108, 104. Um, but still like even the way there was last season, even when there was points, the Knicks were still able to limit the Celtics around the three point line more effectively than most teams. And that's not even the strength of their defense, but they can sell out and they know that they can definitely sell out on the shooters more than maybe most teams that don't have, such effective shot blocking waiting for them at the rim, right? Uh, You saw that with Minnesota as well. Rudy Gobert reinserting himself as one of the best defenders in the league down low at center, finally limiting the opposing team's uh, field goal percentage around the rim to like a really low percentage, whereas last year it was like near 70%. Um, So I I think that's a really good indication of what you're going to see in this one is the the wings and the guards able to make sure that they close out on shooters with the ability to defend once those guys get into the lane.
1: Yeah. Defense travels. It's why the Knicks were 29 and 17 against the spread on the road last year. It's why they were able to win in Boston twice. And it's just Boston is a scary team to go against when they're at home because the energy in that building get gets really, you know, it's like an avalanche. And when the Celtics start humming, they can easily blow teams out. But the Knicks just don't allow that to happen the way they play. Right. It's this is this is like a real NFL look that like, look. Game total under 40, good defense. Like They're not going to let the other team run away with it. They'll be in it. Uh, So, yeah, I think the Knicks at plus nine, even though it's a rest advantage for Boston, uh, I'm very comfortable taking that as the one side here. Um, Toronto just lost in Boston and kind of got rolled over there, but they now get the Washington Wizards. No D there, so let's go over 229. I think it's an exploitable number when you have the Wizards as one of the sides here. And you might as well parlay it with the Raptors' money line. Don't think they're going to lose this one. They're minus 10 at this point um, with the Wizards on a back-to-back. So that gets you plus 120, 125 maybe, depending on your book. And uh, look, I mean, you could, you could do another same-game parlay. I didn't want to throw that out for both bets here. But Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam are pretty reliable for 15 points here, maybe 8 boards for scotty um scotty has been the hub for this raptors offense and just really good at home and you know the raptors you might you might look at their home scores and be like oh i don't know about an over here but minnesota best defense in the league philly best team in the east portland a team that can't score and is just clunky and and whatever you want to say about that matchup then they get the bucks who are struggling and playing with some pace they scored 130 at a pretty slow pace um you know just absolutely torched that defense they are play they did play at a 102 pace in their first home game here under new coach Darko uh, their pace is up to 90 and a half under him versus versus Nick Nurse last year um, they went over with Dallas and, and San Antonio by 17 points per game so teams that want to get up and down play a little more of the style that we know the wiz play right fastest paced team in the league most assists allowed, second most points allowed, horrible rebounding team. That's why you got to like Scotty to get some some boards and push and 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 just get the Raptors out in transition because their half court offense is bad. So they're going to they're going to totally lean in I think to the fact that the Wizards want to get up and down and get shots up and say, "All right, cool, that's how we can get our points and and you know, maybe get 120 ourselves."
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're 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 both looking at points in this one. It, the, the the Raptors are still so befuddling to me because if they don't get out into transition, then they just take the whole shot clock to score <laughs> to, to get a shot up. It's such a weird half court versus transition, you know, style of offense that they have. It's like two different teams playing in the same offense. I, I think Scotty's good for boards for sure. Maybe some purdle boards. He hasn't really been boarding up as much with the way that Scotty's just been attacking the glass. He's doing more of the sort of clear out for everybody else. Steven Adams style thing where the other guys come in and get the rebounds. But Either way, I'm just going to go right into my bet because it's also attacking this game um, and it's taking Dennis Schroeder for over seven and a half assists. I'm going to same game parlay on DraftKings uh, with the Toronto money line. Make sure you shop that. I had to do that last night when DraftKings was the only one with uh, the odds up for these player props in this game. So there might be a slightly better SGP elsewhere, but the, the plus 104 on DraftKings was still good enough for me to take it at a full unit because schroeder with the seven and a half assists the only thing that's a little bit scary to me about it is obviously the last three games and the way that he's sort of gone down not only in his assists where he's only had four five and six in the last three but also with the potential assists they kind of dropped from about 15 potential assists uh per game almost 15 to 13 in the last three games so a slight dip but it's also because he played way less minutes because they got blown out in one of those games as well um and then we're blowing out another team in in the other game so the 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 only thing that scares me was the Dallas game. He got six in that one, which was very close. Dallas still a much better team on defense, which sounds crazy to say, than the Washington Wizards, who are the worst defensive team in the league. Let's just say it. they allow the most assists per game to their opponents. They're allowing the most points per game. Uh, they have 117 defensive rating while playing at 105 pace. That is a lot of points a game, right? That's why how you end up giving up 124 points per game. That That would be, by the way, like the worst of all time, essentially, if they end with that number. So just want to be clear how bad that is. They they allow the most assists per game to point guards. Um, no not no real like knock on Tyus Jones. Maybe this is a bit of a knock on Jordan Poole, but you have two short guards in your backcourt, so guys are going to be able to do what they want really, uh, and you don't really have two defensive minded guards back there is either. At, pretty much at any point. So uh, for for Schroeder, like I think he'll just continue to find guys wide open, both in transition and in the half court. Uh, interestingly, you know one more thing to add to the sort of complexity. That is this offense. It's pretty simple offense for Toronto, but it's hard to understand because they're, they have the most catch and shoot field goals in the league. Um, Even though they prefer not to necessarily have a half court possession. When they do get there, they find catch and shoot shooters and they shoot the most, of that type of shot they have the 12th highest field goal percentage as well which is pretty good when you're shooting the most of them um and i think that's what you're going to be able to find for for dennis schroeder here washington allowing far and away the most catch and shoot opportunities for their opponents and the fifth highest field goal percentage as well because they just they scam they scramble on defense it's it's all just really uh disorganized in in a way that once you get them imbalanced like you can pretty much get whatever you want at this point against them uh and lastly schroeder he does have about a 10 uh his adjusted assists right is is basically a number that you get when if guys were shooting at a field goal percentage that was a little bit more average because they're shooting below average for him uh if they were shooting at average he'd be averaging 10 assists a game as opposed to the 8.3 so I still think there's a possibility for some uptick here
1: the wizards are like a skip from semi pro at this point right they open their season with a with a fashion show they're like you could literally like make Kyle Kuzma a character in that movie and and he'd be like strutting around on the runway after scoring and just let let his man score and just be like, whatever. I look good. Um, so <laughs> to me, that's why I, I like Siakam. I like, I like kind of getting uh, ahead of the curve with him. He's starting to find his rhythm after a really slow start. Uh, Average 29 a game, his last four at home against Washington posted a 36 and percent usage rate against Boston last time out. If I was going to parlay with the money line, I would probably go with him 20 plus or 25 plus uh, just yeah. because Schroeder, yeah, when you actually have to run offense to get something going, he's going he's gonna to be the point guard for sure. But maybe you don't. Maybe, like, like we're saying, it's just like transition tissue paper. Just give Yakim yeah. the ball, let him go right to the rim. So I, I, yeah. that's the only thing that makes me nervous about getting assists is like you're not meeting any resistance.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was no way to get this number down and still get any juice, even if you parlay it with anything. You either have to just take the 9.5, which I thought about doing, Going not just taking the Wiz uh, the the Toronto spread and then you know getting his assist down because I think he's definitely getting like at least five or six the eight is a bit of a scarier number when it, there's a p- potential for the blowout factor and like you said Scotty Barnes keeps eating into his assists um, perhaps Siakam is, is a better play as well but we press on I put a little bit on Schroeder I'll probably add to uh to the Siakam part of it with you as well but as we are looking at this first one here for you Nate let's jump into your first play a pro up. Yeah, we might like some props
1: more than sides here tonight, as we talked about in best bets. Knicks plus eight. Other than that, you might want to be parlaying some result, some player performance doubles here with the results. Uh, and for me, it's Scotty Barnes getting getting boards and assists. Thirteen and a half is a pretty low total because uh, he only went for what nine against the Celtics in a in a blowout loss last time out. Otherwise, he's been fantastic this season. I mean, at home, averaging twenty ten and four and a half. To get you over this. And that's against what I would consider two of the best defenses Minnesota, Philly, um, and also a, a bad game state against Portland and, and Milwaukee, where he went for 21 12 and 5, leading the team to 130. Like Scotty, don't I mean, Schroeder is the point guard, but Scotty Barnes is the hub through which this Raptors offense is running. He's also attacking the glass so that he can push and initiate the offense. And the matchup doesn't get any better, right? Wizards, fastest pace in the league, most assists, most rebounds. Doesn't really matter what position you play, you can get them. Uh, And the Raptors are the number one rebounding team by rebounding rate, with Scottie up 6% as a defensive rebounder, 21% of the available boards, getting nearly four offensive rebounds per 100 possessions. And we're talking about over 100 possessions per game when the Wizards play. They also have the second most offensive rebounds. His assist rate is up. His 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 player efficiency rating is very high. He's actually ninth in value over replacement and, and tenth in box box plus minus. If you're into that sort of thing, but the point is, uh, <laughs> you should be getting counting stats
0: because the Wizards are just giving it up. Hey man, don't be scared to nerd out with me about box plus minus. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely buy into everything with Scotty Barnes because whether you like counting stats or you like you know behind the scenes nerd stats, you're gonna like Scotty Barnes and what he's doing this season. I guarantee it. Uh, Let's move on to Jay Randall here at 18 and a half points. And for those of you spewing the Julius Randall hate on the internet, kind of valid. uh, But at the same time, I think there's a good reason to believe that he's going to start scoring a bit more moving forward. I don't think we're going to have 18 and a half points as his points prop for very long. The first six games of the season, he was averaging 13.7 points per game. That's how we've seen his points prop drop consistently uh, as we move forward through this season. In his last three games, now he's coming alive on the offensive side of the ball, 24 points per game, right? So he jumped that up 10 points. He went from 25% on the usage to 34%. And that's really what it was, is that the assists were high, the potential assists were high, which I was fine with as a Knicks fan. He was dishing the ball and playing team ball, and I was fine with that. However, it just didn't really work because a lot of it was him just really getting, having to bail himself out by passing after really getting himself into trouble by driving into traffic. Or he would just have a, sh- a a poor percentage shooting from deep, which he really, really was struggling so much from from everywhere on the floor that I just didn't even care. I was like an anomaly. It was like this. This isn't real math or stats that we can use moving forward to be like, well, maybe he's not good anymore because he's shooting 27 percent from the field in his first six games. That's just not going to be how it continues. The 22 percent from three, also something he's improved. So he's up to 44 percent from the field, 33 percent. From deep and even 77% from the from the free throw line, where he's now averaging two more free throws a game than he was in those first six games, right? So it's really just a tale of two seasons for him at this point. Um, and the fact that he only played 27 minutes last night was a, an efficient 23 points, five boards, and five assists on the floor, shooting 50% from the field. That all was like against a Hornets team that's just going to be a little bit less of an uh, opposing opponent than you will get from the Celtics down low with with Kristaps and Horford. Um, but shout out Mark Williams having a great season either way in this one. Um, you know, he's going to be playing a team that he loves playing this. Nick, he, this Nick team just loves playing the Celtics and, and he's good for 20 in this matchup. He he went for tw- at least 23 in all four versus Boston last season. 27 points for game nine boards in that time frame with a 30% usage rate in 38 minutes. So that that 30% usage and 35 plus minutes is what I'm looking at for Jay Randall as like if he's going to put up 18 to 20 shots, he's, you know, like he has been the last three games. Then i think he's good for the 18 and a half points especially if he's getting to the to uh to the free throw line way more like he has been the thing that scared me was that drew holiday was guarding him you, you took note of this too that drew holiday was guarding him in that first game versus the celtics and that weirded me out so then i went back and looked at his numbers versus the bucks and i was like does drew holiday shut julius randall down and it was like no julius randall has bad numbers against the bucks but that's because Giannis is guarding him who is the best power forward defender in a long time and definitely in the league right now. So um, I, I don't think we worry about that quite as much. The, the potential assists have gone down for him. The usage has gone up and I, I we're, we're getting great value at 18 and a half. Yeah. It's going to be an ugly game is why we like
1: the Knicks. And if, if it's ugly, if the play is frenetic, uh, I'll take Julius Randall to just, to just bully his way down there to try to get Porzingis in foul trouble or, or, you know, if he gets matched up on Tatum, just be stronger than him. The Drew Holiday stuff is interesting though, because you can really just cross match Tatum onto like Quentin Grimes, get him some rest on the defensive end, right? And yeah. I think the Celtics might stick with that. But again, I mean, as as strong and as good as Drew Holiday is, given up given up seven inches yeah. or
0: whatever to to Randall, you'd think there'd be some second chance points, maybe some rebounds to yeah. get. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and Randall, real quick, he was one for ten too with, against Drew, and he still had thirteen yeah. points. You know, so
1: yeah. I I I like leaning into that because Jalen Brunson, he's, he's gonna have Derek White hounding him, so the Knicks are gonna have to look somewhere else for points at times. Uh, I guess I'm going with the 2021 Co-Rookies of the Year, if you will. I know Mobley lost out to Scotty Barnes, but I will take him tonight. Evan Mobley over 15.5 points it is you know around even money, good odds. I think you can tack on two assists, 17.5 there uh, against this Kings team. that has been playing better lately, but is still can be had for sure. If you're a versatile big man, we saw Alper and Shagoon destroy Sabonis uh, a few games ago, (laughs) Josh, some flashbacks there trying to take the unders. Then they coughed up 38, nine and five to Jeremy Grant um, in a, in a close game against Portland. So now allowing the ninth most points per game, two power forwards along with 3.7 assists per game, Mobley averaging a solid 16 and three assists in his four career against the Kings. Jared Allen and Garland are back. So Mobley, his numbers might have come down a little bit in, in the last two. They have against against the Thunder and Warriors. Completely different matchups, though. Um, you know, he, but he's still, I mean, his peripherals have come down. He's still averaging 20 and a half points per game in those, in those matchups. And now he gets some bonus, the Kings team that can't really guard the paint right now. Uh, despite Mike Brown's defensive principles with Allen out in his rebounds do go down, as you'd expect, like I said, peripherals down, but the points usage assists all the same. And his points and assists are actually up with Darius Garland playing, because as you would expect, you know, good table setter and just, you know, him being part of the, the flow of the offense. I think it's less just Donnie Mitchell, ISO ball when they have their full guys back. So I like Mobley to score here. Uh, against the Kings team that
0: I don't really respect their, their front court defense. Nor should you. I, I didn't know if you were <laughs> going to stop with that. I don't respect, or if you were going to say a specific thing, like, yeah, that I don't respect down low when it comes to defense, I think is a very fair way to end that statement. Evan Mobley is a good way to attack this. I was trying to figure out the best way. If I wanted to take a Cavs player, I don't really know what to do with the Cavs on offense. If I could be totally honest, I still just somehow having two incredibly versatile um, offensive guards is still just not working. Um, it, it, I honestly want to blame Donnie Mitchell a little bit. Neither of them play well off the ball. That's a huge part of it. So yeah, I think attacking Evan Mobley's props right now is a really good idea. I've been doing that by fading Jared Allen a bit since he's come back. Also knowing that Allen's minutes were going to be slowly ramped up, but it's the same concept. You know, Evan Mobley's increase in, in output was a big reason for me fading Jared Allen and his increase in playing down low, more points in the paint, more rebound chances right now as well, because he's the one standing down there boxing out the biggest guy on the other team. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it for, for all the Evan Mobley against uh, DeMontis. Let's finish it off with some red velvet cake, baby. Hope you're hungry for some red velvet. We got Kevin Huerter over 15 and a half points in this one. And it's a simple, simple bet for Huerter who's coming off a 28. Nice, uh, nice win against that thunder team. That was a bit of a shock to both of us on Friday, Friday, I think it was a shock to a lot of people too, because it was a ripe opportunity for the Thunder to prove that they were like better and move forward. And, and they didn't quite do that, but they had a nice win on Sunday that Thunder did against the Suns. Anyway, Huerta's 15 and a half points is a result of I, I just the line not catching up with the fact that he is going to continue to have a nice high usage rate with De'Aaron Fox out, who's doubtful but let's just be honest he's like not going to play tonight um, the secret to the king's success without without d fox on offense is more huerter always more huerter uh, with and without fox last season huerter was 14 and a half points per game with him jumps up to 19 and a half without him right uh, the usage goes from 19 and a half last season it was at 19 and a half with with fox in there this season it was at 14 and a half with fox in there he wasn't really getting many shots up uh, in the first 3 games when fox was healthy he's up to 23% usage without fox this season And that includes the first couple games um, where he wasn't really able to get very many minutes. He was getting fouls in the first three games without Fox. He had three and a half fouls uh, in just 22 minutes per game in those three. So he was just he couldn't stay on the floor. And he only averaged nine points per game. That also included included two blowouts versus the Sangoon-led Rockets uh, that kept him from being able to play too many minutes as well. But now you move into the last two games and you see that that change in what's been happening. He's up to 37 and a half minutes in two tight games that they played now versus Portland and OKC that... Both came. One of them was overtime against the, the Blazers. Uh, and then the OKC game was still pretty you know, close down to the wire. Ended up being a seven point game or so. But um, he's got 22 points per game in the last two on a 22 percent usage rate, 22 and a half percent or so. And it's it's really about the threes, too. He's taken eight, nine and 10 three point attempts in his last three games when he's actually been able to be on the floor. It's two and a half threes for him. It's not really going to get you anything much if you parlay it together. I still don't think you get to plus odds because the two and a half threes is at like minus 155 for him. And it's so correlated to him getting 15 and a half points that if he gets three threes, right, there's a pretty solid chance he's getting 16 points in that game. Um, And so there's not really much point in that to me if you wanted to try to like get cute and, and ladder it. Maybe you want to, but I mean, Cleveland's three point defense isn't bad. They're, they're also um, pretty good against shooting guards. They're just, they're, they're not good against point guards is, is Cleveland. But like, there's not really a point guard now on the floor for this team, as much as it is like get the ball into a ball handler's hands and then get it down to DeMontis so he can get another 13 assists like he had in the last game, uh, which is a huge reason why Huerta had so many open threes. And I think that that game theory can persist in this one against Cleveland. Yeah,
1: DeMontis is the point guard when Fox is out, for sure. And, and Quarter is the best guy playing off him. Mm-hmm. Really impressed with him on Friday night. Yeah, he was just so quick and decisive with his cuts with when the ball was in his hands, just like playing at a really high level. And the Cavs had this perception of being a good defensive team on the wing, uh, but Isaac Okoro out means more Max Struess, more Karis LeVert, right? So I, I don't think that the matchup is as tough as it, as the perception might be. I think Quarter keeps it going, at home here. So
0: I'm fine with that pick. Yeah. For, for the points. Oh yeah. Red velvet. Let's get it. All right. That's all the time we have for you in play a props tonight. Uh, go ahead and like, and subscribe if you would to that page, check out the best bets video that we have up for you as well. We'll look to stay up. What a 16 units on the season and keep climbing. So until we see you next, happy betting.